Hi, everyone. Welcome into episode number 47 of the Building Up Podcast. I'm David McConnell, the lead pastor at Agape Church in Pinson. As always, thank you guys for being with us. On our last episode, episode number 46, we set out to answer a question that had been sent in by one of our church members around the nature of tempting thoughts. Very specifically, the questions that we looked at was, where do tempting thoughts come from? What's their source? And whether or not a tempting thought is itself sinful. And so if you haven't yet listened to episode number 46, I would suggest you pause this podcast, go back, check that one out, and then return. Because on episode 47, we're going to be building on our thoughts from last week. Specifically, we're asking today, how do we as Christians battle against tempting thoughts? Uh, How do we battle against temptation? I've got two or three passages that I want us to look at today. So if you want to get a pen and a piece of paper, you may want to jot some of these down. But we're going to start in Romans chapter 13, verses 11 through 14. Let me read those to us. Besides this, Paul writes, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone, the day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Now, I think the thesis of that short passage of Scripture we just read is probably verse 13. Let us walk properly. It means let us conduct our lives rightly. As Christians, we don't live uh, by a moral code in order to be saved, but rather when we are saved, It is incumbent upon us to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, to obey God's Word, and to live out His righteous standard, His righteousness. And here, that's what Paul is imploring the church to do. He says, live rightly. Do so by waking up from sleep, which is a metaphor talking about spiritual slumber. This is Paul saying, Don't be careless about your heart. Don't be careless about your conduct. Be alert. Be sober-minded. Realize that there is evil and temptation all around. You think carefully. Wake up. He also says, cast off or lay down any works, any deeds, any actions, any behaviors that come from the world and are rebellious against God. So anything that's sinful, you should work as a Christian to cast that off, to lay it aside. And finally, Paul says, make no provision for the flesh. Don't provide for your flesh. Don't feed it. Don't water it. Don't nurture it. Don't put a welcome mat out and say, come on in. What exactly does he mean there? Well, last week, In episode 46, we talked about the sources of temptation, that in addition to Satan and his kingdom, in addition to the world around us, temptation comes from our corrupted nature, what the Bible calls our flesh, impure desires, when we are lured by those impure desires. And all of that comes from Genesis chapter 3 and the fall of man, 
when Adam and Eve first rebelled against God. And so we're all born with this corrupted nature that desires impure and wrong things. And so Paul is telling the church here, we need to be really careful. We need to plan uh, to be careful and not allow ourselves to indulge those evil desires. We need to be disciplined. And so I think this call to discipline is Paul saying that we need to think about our life, reflect on it, consider it. Are there certain places? Are there certain people? Are there certain times? Are there certain situations that we find trigger for us temptation, where tempting thoughts are more likely to enter our mind when we're engaging with certain people or going to certain places or doing certain things. We need to consider what in our life makes it easier for temptation to be stirred up or my sinful flesh to get the best of me. What causes these tempting thoughts to flood my mind. Paul's asking us to consider that when he says, make no provision for the flesh. Maybe we're doing certain things that are serving as a breeding ground for wrong thoughts. We can't, for the most part, control what thoughts come into our mind. Most of the thoughts that, that we have uh, they just come against us. But maybe we're doing certain things that are causing more of those tempting thoughts to be born in us. Maybe you find that there are uh, certain things that you intake. Maybe it's media, certain movies, certain TV shows, certain songs that if you engage in them, it seems like temptation is a greater battle for you. Maybe it's meditating on the wrong things or being around the wrong company, putting yourself in the wrong place. Maybe it's not spending time with Jesus in prayer and his word. Maybe you notice that if you get up and you start your day and you don't have time with Jesus, that you are more likely to deal with temptation throughout that day. Other places in scripture, we're told, Flee from temptation. So the picture is run from it, like you're running from a pursuer. I think this is the same picture, that we should flee from temptation the best that we can. Jesus told us to pray that we would not be led into temptation, that we would be delivered from it. And so while we cannot often control those tempting thoughts that come to our mind, and while those thoughts are not sinful themselves, as we learned last week, I think Paul is saying here in Romans, do everything you can to avoid temptation if possible. And I think the message of the New Testament bears this out in other places. Now, I want us to look at one more passage of Scripture, and I'm including this one because... The reality is, even as we flee temptation, even as we try to battle these thoughts in our minds before they even get to our minds, uh, often we are going to find ourselves falling into sin. And there's a gracious gift that God has given us that not only helps us when we've fallen into sin, but I actually think it is also a tool that we can use to battle against temptation itself. So 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 through 10. See if you can pick up on this gracious gift. 
If we say we have no sin, John writes, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we've not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. So again, no matter how much we fight temptation, try to avoid it, and we should. We should take the responsibility to try and flee temptation and not make provision for our flesh. We will stumble and fall into sin. Every Christian will. And, and when we do, it's important how we respond. Uh, and so John has showed us this gracious gift. Did you pick up on it? It is the gift of confession. John says, don't stand up as a Christian and say, I'm a Christian, I never sin. Because John says, if you say that, you're a liar, the truth's not in you. Rather, know that when you do fall into sin, which you will, that you have the gift of confession. Confess your sins, and Jesus is faithful and just to forgive those sins. God will forgive your sins, the Father, because of Jesus. They are working on your behalf. So the gracious gift we're looking at here is confession. Confession is a prayer. It's a prayer to God that says, God, I know that I have sinned, and I know that I am in great need of being forgiven, and I believe that I can be forgiven of my sins through Jesus and I want to receive that forgiveness. Confession is something that we probably tie to our original uh, moment of coming to faith in Christ and being born again. And certainly we should, because confession is part of that. But I think what John is showing us here and other places in Scripture is that confession is also an ongoing grace in our lives. And confession... I think, can help us battle against temptation. So how does all this come together? One more passage of Scripture, Hebrews 10, 14. I love this passage. Hebrews 10, 14 teaches us that when we have been saved, when we've placed our faith in the work of Jesus on the cross and in the resurrection, that Jesus has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Love that Scripture passage. He perfects those who are being sanctified. What does that mean? First of all, that in Christ, when you have come to know Jesus, when you have been saved, you have been made perfect. In the sight of God, you are perfect. Every sin that you've ever committed, every sin that you ever will commit, has been removed, blotted out. You have been forgiven and you have been perfected in the eyes of God because Jesus took your sin and your transgressions and he gave you his righteous standing before God. So if that's the case, if we have been perfected, then why do we need to confess sins as an ongoing grace? I think it's because of the second part of that verse, that while we have been perfected, we are also not yet perfect. We are still being sanctified are made holy. We are still growing into that perfection that God has already said is ours. But in this life, we are growing spiritually into that perfection. And so God, I believe, uses confession as a cleansing tool in our lives. He uses it to help our hearts as a believer 
when we confess our sins, even though we believe we've been made perfect, it reorients our hearts to understand that we are still being sanctified in this life. And so it turns us away from sin and it turns us toward Jesus and his grace and spiritual growth. I think confession then becomes a key weapon against temptation because confession allows us not only to confess daily sins and be cleansed, but confession allows us to go to God and say, I need you to forgive me and cleanse me from unrighteousness. God, help me. I'm being tempted every day. I've got all of these thoughts that are flooding my mind. And God, I don't want to give in to them and I don't want to be tempted. I want to flee it. So God, I confess to you my sin. I confess to you my need for you. God, will you please give me your grace? Will you please help me? And I believe God answers that prayer. Uh, confession reminds us of our wrongdoing and our need for Jesus, and it compels us toward right living. So we as believers need to hold on to both of these truths. We are perfect. We're being made perfect. I don't think it's a biblical requirement to remember every sin that you've ever committed and confess it in order to be forgiven. I actually think that's probably a human impossibility. So we hold on to the fact that in Christ we are perfect and every sin that we've ever committed or will commit has already been dealt with. But we also are called to confess every sin that we fall into and we are called to confess our need for Jesus in the midst of ongoing temptation and in that confession we receive grace upon grace upon grace. And God uses that to grow us and, I believe, prepare us even better for the next time temptation or tempting thoughts come our way. So use confession as a tool in your life to not only battle against present-day temptation, but to prepare yourself to battle well against temptation in the future. I hope this has been helpful to you combining these two episodes um, I hope you have a good picture around these questions. If, if you don't, if you still want more clarity or you want to discuss something or ask a, a, another question about this topic, please email us. In the outro, in just a moment, you will hear an email address. Use that. It will come to me. I would love to dialogue with you about these things. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to share this episode with someone if you think it would be helpful to them. Until next time, church, let's continue to rely on Jesus together. Grace and peace to your family. Thank you for listening to the Building Up Podcast. If you have a question about today's episode or if you would like to suggest a topic for the future, please email us at buildingup at agapepinson.com. To subscribe to this podcast, simply search for Building Up from Agape Church in your favorite podcast app. Or you can watch the video format by visiting us online at agapepinson.com. Thank you.